Good evening, welcome to another edition of the Chairs Night Podcast, the independent readers podcast by fans or fans where all the content is absolutely free. Coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer, and as always, we would encourage you to get onto the Chairs Night website and check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel and we'd ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I introduce my guest tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. We're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years and we're delighted to have them supporting the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit their website at www.forestprecisionange.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand. And for more information on that, email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, now to bring in my two guests. Firstly, Colin Armstrong. Colin, it's good to have you back on the show. How are you doing? I've been better, Brian. Uh, truth be known, it's... Uh... Just feels like a horrible sense of deja vu, you know, different season, same shape, but, you know, I'm sure we'll pick the bones out of it. Yeah, definitely, I know that feeling, and also joining us tonight is Ian Duff. Ian, how are you feeling after that disappointing opening game of the season? I don't suppose there's not, if I can say any different to what Colin's just said, it's just the same old, same old, so, no, no. Aye, I think that's um, pretty much how we're all feeling, to be honest. Um, right, as everyone will know, we to discuss the opening game of the season, a rather disappointing 1-0 defeat for Rangers against Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. Um, I'll come to you first, the first thing I wanted to discuss was around the team selection. Um, you know, when, it, when the teams came out, you know, seen loads of chat online, concerns around the starting 11, particularly Cantwell being on the bench, was the starting 11 a concern for you? It was certainly a surprise, um, I've got to say. Um, I didn't expect to see Winston playing for a start. Um, I did think Cantwell would have been playing as well, so uh, surprising. Um, I mean, it shouldn't have been a concern. I mean, it obviously was a concern and it turned out to be rightly a concern, but we should have still had those players that are on the pitch so that should have still had enough to... Uh, to do the, the business against Kilmarnock, uh, dis- despite all, uh, everything. So, you know, we should be capable of dealing with that sort of team, uh, even with that lineup. But uh, yeah, it was a, quite a big surprise. Um, I mean, there's a few players. I mean, there's I mean, clearly with uh, uh, Barisic back in as well. I mean, you know, that was probably due to injury, but at the same time, it shows where we are that he's still the he's still there and he's still uh, playing because uh, to me I, I, I was amazed he wasn't away at the start of last season and I'm even more amazed that he's not away this season really so uh, yeah there was a, there was quite a few concerns to, to say the least uh, uh, when I saw the lineup surprises not so much concerns but surprises as it turned out they were concerns but there you go yeah, pretty much the same for everyone. Um, now we go on to the actual performance, sadly we need to talk about that. Um, Colin, I'll come to you first on that. I've heard the, the phrase, new cast, same movie. Um, that game felt like one that we've seen many times before. We had plenty of the ball, but it was a slow build-up, no creativity, and we lacked any real goal threat. I mean, given the squad overhaul we've had, 
should we have expected that kind of slow start um, with the team gels or are we right to be kind of demanding a bit more even this early in the season? No, I think you've got to be expecting more. <clears throat> it's like I mean, I know it's, it's early doors and it's a you know new squad and they're getting to know each other, but you know they've had they've had a few weeks now at pre-season. They've you know they've had a few pre-season games. I mean, I'd, I've not watched a huge amount of the pre-season games, but I think that there are some warning signs there that things weren't as cohesive as we, we would like them to be. So, I mean, it's early doors. It is early doors. You know, and in my lifetime, I can remember Rangers losing the opening league game of the season and still going on to, to win the league. I think Sunis lost a couple of times. You know, he lost at Easter Road in his very first game eh, as manager for Rangers. And I think we got beat off St. Murn at Ibrox. I seem to recall being at a game at Ibrox when Ian Ferguson ended up in goals. Eh, we, we lost that game to St. Murn when Kenny, Kenny McDowell, actually. I'm sure he scored that day. You know, Dick Advocate, I think he lost his, his first league game in charge of Rangers. But I think the difference with those teams and, and what we witnessed yesterday is you, you could tell, I mean, the game at Easter Road with Sunis, you could tell that, you know, things were different for the, the, the team prior to his arrival. Uh, we were all, we were established. I mean, I think we lost that, that season, we, we lost to St. Merlin in the opening game of the season. I think we lost the following week to Hibs. Uh, and then I think we drew it Celtic Park. So we, 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 didn't, we didn't win a game for like the first three or four games. That season, and we still won the league. You know, Dick Advocate's team, you knew the players that he was bringing in, the quality that things would, you know, iron themselves out and we, we would go on and, and win trophies. I just think what we've seen yesterday, one, it, it repeats what we've seen so many times before over the last four or five seasons. You know, that sort of really slow build up, no sort of ambition to go beyond. You know, to 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 try and turn the Kilmarnock defence, get to the byline, get the ball in, all that kind of stuff. In front of Kilmarnock all the time, making it really easy for them to defend. And then I, I felt Kilmarnock must have felt after like twenty five minutes, half an hour, that they, they were in with a chance, and that probably one goal would do it because we just didn't look like we were going to score. I mean, Lammers uh, had that shot in the first half. Uh, I think Lundstrom had a shot in the first half. Uh, Dowell had one that kind of scooped over the bar other than that I mean I, I can't remember the commandment keeper really having a huge amount to do yesterday so that's a concern the concern is we don't really know a, a huge amount about the players that were brought in are, are they up to the required standard the lack of any sort of I don't know what Beal was trying to do yesterday I couldn't see a system I couldn't see any urgency in the play, either before we went behind and, and more worryingly after we went behind, it just seemed to be the same tempo. And and as we've said before, it, it's, it's the same movie we've seen time and time again uh, with, with certain individuals in this team. Uh, so it's a concern that we've had such an overhaul, we've got some new faces in, and you're getting the, the, same, the same type of performance. So yeah, as a concern, it's as I said, it's the first game of the season. Uh, still plenty of time, but I just think the levels now are so high. I mean, you're you're going to need probably ninety plus points to to win the title this season. So you you don't have that much wiggle room in terms of dropping points, and so to drop three on day one, aye, it's a concern. It's it's a big concern. I've got to be honest. I mean, that was exactly what I was going to say. There is that you know you're right. Those gate those seasons before where we lost the opening games, especially maybe soon as his first season, you can. You know, you can give them as an example, but we're not in the same era anymore. Uh, you know, 
you know, we can, we can go through it light, quite easily. See a season where you know our greatest or our rivals lose maybe two games over the course of a season. So we've already lost one. We're you know how do we catch up on that? Well, we obviously have to beat them, but that just leaves us back at the same sort of stage that we were at at the start of the season. So you know there, there is no wiggle room. There is you can't say well we'll, we'll let them settle in. We'll give them a few weeks, and that, maybe that's unfair. But that's just the way it is. And it's not necessarily the fans being too demanding. It's just the reality of the situation because unless I mean, I've not watched Celtic, I've no idea how good or otherwise they are. But based on how they got on last season, I've got to assume that they're going to be pretty strong this season. So you've got to assume that they're going to be consistent as they were last season. So we really need to, you know, we've got no more room now. That's it. You know, and it's not the fans being demanding. As I say, it's it's just the reality is that you know you haven't got that space to to drop points, especially not in the first game of the season. And you know we did it last season, and you know we never get anywhere near uh, catching up. So you're on the back foot right from the beginning. I think you're 100% spot on there, I think the difference in, you know, this season compared to previous season, where maybe not started the best, is the margin for error is so small nowadays. Um, the gap between, you know, the old firm and the rest seems to be as big as it's ever been, so we can't rely on other teams taking points off them. And if we can't do our job against, you know, teams like Kamarnik away, then it does um, kind of leave a big, uh, a big mountain to climb. Now, Colin kind of talked about the issues with the build-up play, and I've mentioned it, and to be honest, we've kind of seen these issues across three different managers. You know, we've seen it in when Michael Beale here was here first time around under Gerard. We've seen it under Gio. We called it horseshoe. Um, now, for me, I can't believe that that Michael Beale's, you know, instructing these players to go out there and play with a slow tempo and you know side to side, pass it back type football. So, what do you think is the kind of cause of this, and, and what do we need to change to rectify it? Well, I think you know. I think they just need to get the players to. If 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 you're right in what you're saying and that Bale's not telling them to play like that, then clearly the players need to be doing what they are supposed to be doing. I mean, that's pretty uh, pretty self evident. I mean, if 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 he doesn't want them to play the way that they're playing, then he needs to tell them that that's not how that's not acceptable. And if they're not going to do what he's asked them to do, then they don't play. I mean, you know, it's as simple as that. I mean, I, I, I actually don't think that is the case. I think they're playing the way, because players generally speaking do what they're told. You know, that's, that's, they're, they're told to play in a certain way, whether it's right or wrong, and they'll, they'll generally these days follow those instructions. So I don't I don't think that it's not that a case of them playing to instructions. I think they're playing to the wrong instructions. I think, you know, they're, they're the, 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 the style of play that we're, we're adopting isn't really the style of play that works best against the teams we're coming up against and you know that is a concern because you know Bale has been here for long enough both this time and uh, when he was uh, with, uh, with Gerard to see what is required now, I'm no expert so I'm not going to tell him how it should be done because I don't know but you know he, he is and quite clearly is not working you know, we saw yesterday that it just wasn't working, and there didn't seem to be as, uh, as we say, a plan B. So, you know, I, I, I mean, clearly there needs to be a different approach. We'll see if that develops over the time, and maybe it is just early days for for this team. But you know, 
you need to if if that's if that is the case, then we need to find other ways to win as well because you know we need to get points on the board pretty pretty bloody quickly. Yeah, it definitely feels like there needs to be plenty more work on the trading ground to get the kind of build up play a bit slicker and playing a bit more the way we all assume Bill wants us to play. Um, now, Colin, I'll come to you on this one. We'll cover the goal a bit. Again, it seemed like it was another, well, it was another defensive error that led to Colin's goal. For me, it feels like this is all too familiar. Um, again, even under previous managers, it feels like teams never need to score a real quality goal against us. It always leads back to it being our own doing and our own defensive errors. Um, there was a lot said during pre-season about concerns around the defence and yeah, this was just a side, a side of things to come and yeah, we should now look to maybe go into the transfer market and try and recruit in that area. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I would quite like to to come on the the style of play before before I answer that question, Brian. If that's okay, because yeah. I think uh, I, I think we we need to be more ruthless. You know, I, I, I always remember a story. Uh, one of my mates was, was was quite friendly with with Chris Burke and all that a, a few years ago. You know, when he was at Rangers, and Rangers were playing a European tie, it was a qualifier, and Charlie Adam was having an absolute stinker. Right, so he tried a few crosses and tried this and tried that, and every it was just we all know what Charlie Adam was like. You know, sometimes he was he was a really effective player for Rangers, other times not so effective. It's probably a kind way of putting it. But uh, the story that that came came for sort of Chris Burke and a couple of others at the time was at half time Walter Smith just walked in and his open line was Charlie Aff. You know what I mean? And that was it. So Charlie Adam puts his tracksuit on and Walter Smith changed the team at half time. And we got the result. Now at half time yesterday, it was obvious whatever Bill's plan was wasn't working. Now, coming back to the, the, the you have both sort of said there, Ian specifically as well, talking about the the margin of error is so slim now. At half time, when you're drawing nothing each and you're not really creating anything in a league where you're going to need ninety plus points, I think you should be looking to make changes. I think you should be taking action straight away, saying this isn't working. I need to change it. And that's something that I always remember Dick Advocate was really good at. You know, I've seen it. I've seen, I remember Dick Advocate making changes after 20 minutes in games because what he wanted to work wasn't working and he, and he had to change it. So I, I think we need to be a bit more, or Beal anyway, has to be a bit more ruthless and think, right, okay, the game plan that I've put out isn't working. I need to change it and I need to change it quickly. In terms of the defence, well, you know, the, the left-hand side, I think every single one of us knew that left-hand side was an issue eh, coming into this season. Uh, Borna, I mean, I like Borna. He's he's done well for us in the past, but I think his his time at Rangers has certainly come and gone. I agree with you. And, you know, I was surprised. You know, I, I seem to remember him coming out in an old firm game about three years ago, waving at the crowd as if that was him. He'd got a move and he was off, and then it, it never materialised. You know, I, th- I think this points to something that Celtic seem to be better at us than doing and that's moving players on. You know, they seem to be really ruthless when the players at their sort of peak value, they move them on. They seem to have the confidence that they'll replace that player with like for like uh, or certainly someone that isn't that much of a drop-off in terms of the quality of the player that's leaving. We just don't seem to do that. I mean, this season we've lost Kent, Morelos, you know, Kamara's about to go out the door. We're losing those guys for like a combined like eight million or something like that. You know, we got nothing for Kent, we got nothing for Morelos. There's there's talking I think Sakala's pretty much away. There's talking about two, three million for him. They're talking about four or five million for 
uh, for Kamara when he goes. So when you look at when you look at Kamara and you look at Ken and you look at Morelos, particularly in Europe, you know the 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 performances they put in in the Europa League that ultimately led to us reaching a final. When you think of Kamara's performances in uh, the Euros a couple of years ago, that was the time to move Kamara on. You know we would have got a lot more money then than we're, we're getting from now. We've we've not been able to move Kent on at the right time. We've not moved Morelos on at the right time. We're losing money. You know what I mean? We're keeping these players and then they're walking out the door for nothing. So I just think we're not very good at moving players on at the right time when they're at their peak value, get them out the door and get someone in. And maybe maybe that points to uh, an issue in scouting. We're not confident we're going to get players in that are of sufficient quality. But that's, I mean, Borna should have been moved on some time ago, in my opinion, and we'd have got more money for him than we would get now. I felt he was probably to blame for the goal yesterday. I think he should be attacking that ball. When the throw-in comes in, I don't know who the Rangers player is. It was I can't remember who it was that went up for the challenge. But a ball, a, a ball for a throw-in shouldn't be bouncing in your box. You know what I mean? Whoever's covering that side should be attacking it. You know what I mean? And... And that's where it comes from. And I, like I think I said before we came on earlier, about, about twenty minutes into the game yesterday, I turned to my son and said, "The Kelly goalkeeper, every kick out, he's hitting it to Borna's side. He's they obviously fancy their chances down that channel, and that tells you that tells you there's an issue down that left hand side. So it should have been dealt with a long time ago, in my opinion. It's, it should have been dealt with this summer. I'm not convinced the the Yelmaz either, to be honest with you. One, you know. I, I, I think he was responsible for a couple of goals in the the, the pre-season friendlies there. And two, you know, already he seems a bit injury prone. So I think that side of the defence needs dealt with. I like Suter. I don't think he covered himself in glory yesterday and that's a couple of mistakes he's made. It appears like Ben Davies is, is on the way out. So that left-hand side, I think, needs to be dealt with and it needs to be dealt with pretty quickly. I actually thought Suter played okay yesterday. I mean, it was unfortunate. It was it was him. The ball went through uh, for the goal. It went, went basically went through his legs, um, and you know that was obviously a mistake. But I thought he actually played okay out of everybody on yeah. the pitch. I mean, there wasn't many people but, you could uh, say were. were but he's another one that's injury prone as well. You know, uh, well you know exactly. I mean? yeah. that, that's what so. I was going to say. But so you you could quite easily be looking at a defence of. Uh, Barisic, Goldson, Balogun, and Tavernier in this year, you know, and that that's that's going back four, three, four years. I mean, they've they've been, yeah. you know, that's that's the defence from three or four years ago. It just shows you how little we've done to improve the defence. You know, okay, we've we've spent money in the attackers, and that's 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 good. We'll see how hopefully they they develop and, and hopefully become something good. But they neglect the defence, especially when. Uh, you know, we're clearly giving away a lot of goals. You know, when you compare the champion, the, the league winning season where we went through it and we're, we're tight as anything at the back, not conceding any goals at all. Uh, and then it's just going to pot. We were the, the following season, we were losing the first goal in every single game. That really didn't improve much last season, and it doesn't look as if it's going to improve this season. So you've got to be thinking, well, why have we not improved the defence? What, what is it about these defenders that they think are uh, are, are, are good enough? I mean, I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I you know, the, the two players that we've probably made the, the best money out of over the last two seasons, Bassey uh, and Patterson, you know, uh, arguably they should be the ones that are still here. You know, we should have been developing them, making them play for another couple of seasons and then selling them. I mean, then maybe with Bassey, you, you would say, well, that was a, a, a freakish thing where he, he was never going to get, uh, you know, 
well, we're never going to get that kind of money again for him. So it was it was time to act. But but you know, Patterson never really got a chance. Bassey was there for a season, did well, and then it was out the door. We're still back with the same guys, and yeah, I, I, you know, I like Tavernier. I don't want to turn into a sort of that, you know. I said he was my player of the year last season, and that was partly because other players were. Uh, weren't up too much and, and partly because just because he, he was standing up and he was there and you know uh, I, I respect him for that but I, I looked at, I was watching yesterday and I just thought it just doesn't seem to be the same player that he was he doesn't seem to be driving forward as much he's still going forward but not driving forward the same way he's used to he's not getting to the byline and crossing it he's just hitting sort of hopeful crosses that was happening last season as well, and it's you know it seems to be happening again this season. So you'd have to think, well, is that him rather than what how he's been asked to play? You know, the defence is a major concern. I think you know if we don't concede any goals, we don't lose a game. So that yeah, you know, that's the, that's where you start. If, if we're conceding a goal every game, then there's a good chance we're going to lose the game, or there's a possibility we're going to lose the game if we don't do it at the other end. So you know, keeping the goals out is arguably more important than scoring in some ways. So you know. We need to we need to address it because you know we can't go through the another I thought I actually thought Goldson was pretty awful yesterday. Uh, he looked uh, slack and uh, didn't didn't really fill me with any. I know he's back he's just back from injury, so that that's uh, that's maybe a uh, a mitigating factor for him. But he you know, didn't fill me with confidence uh, to to say the least. That is a worry. I, I think the concern is as well is. At, at this particular moment in time, and again, you know, I'll always sort of emphasise the fact that this is day one. But there doesn't look like there's a huge amount of goals at the other end of the team at the moment. So, if you're conceding, because that, that that was the thing when 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 we went one down yesterday, I turned to my mate, and my son, I was like, I, I I don't see us scoring two goals in this game before we went one nothing down. You know what I mean? I certainly don't see us scoring two now, and so that's the concern. You know, if 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 you're soft at the back, if you're conceding stupid goals like the one we, we scored yesterday, and not creating at the other end, nah, it's, it's not really a good mix. And again, when when we think about you know the, the sort of consistency of every winner of this this title, I mean, the, the season the Rangers won it, you know, two seasons ago, we were incredibly consistent. You know, so that's that's the level that's been shown over the last four or five years. To win this title, you need to get about 90, 90 plus points. We just don't have the the, the 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 sort of freedom or the leeway to to have these errors in the team. It's just not there. And if you're going to have these errors, then you're going to finish second, and that's it. That's the other thing that sort of surprises me about how poorly we're playing defensively just now is that you know you spoke about it there, Colin. Two seasons ago when we won the league, we were you know immense defensively and Michael Beale was wildly hailed as you know being partly responsible for that kind of defensive structure they had set in place and it just doesn't seem to be there at the moment. No, it's no, I mean I think part of it is what Ian alluded to, you know, we're using the same players. You know, I mean, we've not. I mean, I, I, when I was, I was through, I was through the Pollock game yesterday. I was uh, through in Glasgow yesterday, watching the Pollock game, and I was rushing back uh, to meet my son and my mate to to watch the game locally. And uh, I, I, I had my radio on and my headphones on, and they were interviewing Brendan Rogers, and they're, they're, they're selling Starfelt. He's away. Now he's been a fairly significant player for them over the last, I don't know, maybe two or three seasons. But it, it just seemed that yeah, the player wants to move. We'll get him out the door, and we'll get someone else in. You know, no drama, no... It's just like, they're obviously confident that they can go out and get someone of the required quality to replace that. 
that uh, Starfield. Whereas, uh, you know, you get the feeling if, if, you know, for example, if you were to let Tav go or, or Golson go, they would be like, oh, well, you can't let them go. You know what I mean? The, the, you know, that's yeah. those are the linchpins of the team. And it, it just feels like we we just over-rely on the same players time and time and time again. I, I just think we need to realise that you know, we're Rangers Football Club, we should be attracting players of a, of a certain standard. And if, if people aren't performing, then they lose the jersey. It's that simple. That's how it should be. I mean, not not defensively, but I mean, Morelos is a perfect example of that because yeah. he was the one that, I mean, he was bought purely, you would think, himself. I mean, that was the idea. We buy him cheap, get him playing, successful, and then we sell him for a massive profit. But when it came to the actual point where he was at his peak and we knew we were going to get the maximum amount of money for him, he sort of bottled it. I mean, I don't know whether yeah. it was Gerard or the the uh, the board decided that we weren't selling him, we wanted to keep him, we gave him another contract and uh, and it backfired because he was never the same player. I mean, he's, he's, you know, here and there he's been brilliant. But overall, I would say in the latter sort of stage of his time at Rangers, he's not really... He wasn't he was really four, the, the, the he was throwing at any, and let's be honest, he was exactly, throwing well, exactly, exactly. You know so I mean? he played when he felt like it or whatever. So um, we should have sold him when we when he was at that peak point, and we didn't. And that's you know, exactly the point you're making is that we just didn't have the confidence to say, right, let's get 10, 15 million for him, or whatever we're going to get for him. We'll go out there, we'll spend two million on another player who has the ability or the potential to be like him, and the process continues, and that. You know that that's that's what uh, this whole model that we are supposed to be working yeah. to these days is supposed to be based around, and we just don't seem to have the confidence or the the ability to be able to do that and, and do it successfully across the board. And you know, Morelos is the prime example of that, and the defence is probably the result of that as well. That we just you know we're, we're just struggling to to get the players in. Yeah, it definitely feels like there's plenty of problems for a Michael Beale to solve, even at this stage. Early stage. One of the things that concerned me from yesterday was Michael Beale's kind of impact or lack of kind of on the game during the game. I felt his substitutions were too little, too late, um, and I kind of got a bit of a worry around them. Where he's the impact he has at half time for me. Um, you know, Gerald was sort of known for delivering half time rallying cries, and Gio was known for tactical switches at halftime to try and get the upper hand in games and I've yet to really see any kind of impact from Bill in terms of if we're not playing well in the first half and getting the team in at halftime and really changing things and then us coming out and looking much better in the second half. I didn't really feel yesterday again at halftime that we were going to come out and significantly threaten Kilmarnock in the second half because I didn't have much confidence going in at halftime that we were going to come out and there was going to be a marked improvement in the second half. Um, was that something that concerned um, you guys are coming to you on that one first column? I mean, I, 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 I sort of covered that a wee bit earlier on, but saying, yeah, they should, should have made changes a lot quicker. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think I do have concerns, uh, you know, about yesterday and, and what it says about the rebuild and what it says about Michael Beale. But I also think we need to give him, you know, a little bit of time here because... I don't think there's any doubt that he improved things when he came in. You know, the second half of the season was a marked improvement compared to the first. Okay, in, in the big, you know, the semi-final and the final against Celtic, we narrowly lost out. But I think the point you make is good, you know, and in both those games we weren't playing particularly well, but when we went in at half-time, nothing really changed. 
And th that was the same yesterday. I think he was slow with substitutions. I, I mean, I know I'm his biggest fan and all the rest of it. But one name was going through my head the longer that game went on yesterday, and that was Scott Arfield. I thought this is a perfect game for him because he would come on and probably, you know, make something happen. Uh, so in, in terms of letting him go, it might have been a player, but, you know, that type of player, we, we didn't have that yesterday. There was no one coming off the bench that really sparked anything. Another thing that really bothers me about Beale, it's just he's, the black animation. He just seems to stand there with his hands in his pockets. With, you know, I, I like to see my managers shouting and encouraging and coaching and trying to get some sort of response and some reaction to the players. Too often when the camera pans to him, I just think he, he, he's just standing there looking as if there's, there's not much he can do. But, Want you know... Well, you want to see something, you know. You, if I'm if I'm playing, I want to see my manager looking a bit pissed off at the side of the pitch and shouting at me and saying this isn't good enough. You know what I mean? If he's just standing there with his hands in his pockets, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being overcritical, but I, I prefer to see a manager, you know, being involved in a game and 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 coaching and shouting. And they're supposed to. I mean, they say when the players cross the line. It's down to the players, and it is. It's largely down to the players. But that doesn't mean a manager can't see something. It doesn't mean a manager can't say to a player, "Hey, come on, try and get these guys going here." I just, I just don't see that for Beal at times. But you know, again, I think we need to be sort of pampered in our uh, criticism because I, I think so far, up until yesterday, everything was going in the right direction. It's the first game of the season, but. There are worries there, and if you know if, if that's a sign of what's to come, then there, there are real concerns there because he's if if, if that's what's to come in the, in the future weeks and months, then you know he might not be there by Christmas. It, it just slightly worried me. I don't know what you think, but the scene was that the substitutions were slightly predictable. It was that thing where managers always do it; they do it on the hour. Then it's something else after seventy-five. Then it's a kind of final last. Hope it on the 81 minutes, it all kind of felt pre-planned and a bit predictable. Um, whereas for me, I think there should have been substitutions at half-time. I always used to think that about Gerard as well, that he quite often would uh, yeah. would only make substitutions at certain times in the game, no matter how the game was progressing. Now, now I don't know whether that was uh, Beale's influence or whether that was just him or whether he he was picked up from Gerard or whatever. But, you know, it was, it was quite similar in, at that time. And I do remember games... I think the Scottish Cup games uh, that, that we lost, um, the, uh, I don't you remember, St Mirren, I think it was, um, where you were screaming for a, a change to be made and it just didn't happen. And, and you know, or when it did happen, it was, you know, a, a defensive midfielder coming on or something like that. And yeah. You, yeah. Think, well, what, what, you know, this isn't going to change the game. You need somebody to, to come on and change, change the game. I mean, to be honest, I don't know what he could have done differently. You know, he could have made the, the, the changes that, Different points, definitely. But I think the the, the players they brought on were probably the players they would have brought on, no matter when they made those changes. So again, it's more about the players and the impact that they are making. Now, whether that's his doing or whether it's the players just not doing what they're asked to be to do or, or not doing it well enough or or whatever, I don't I don't really know. But yeah, I think I think you do want to see something. A bit more proactive. Now, I don't think he's ever going to be the guy who's doing in the dressing room rallying call. He's not, you know, he's not Walter Smith. He's not even Stephen Gerrard. You know, he's, that's not what he's about. He's a, you know, he's a coach, and that's 
we knew what we were getting when we took him on. So I don't think you can really necessarily criticise him for that uh, because that's that's his that's what he's like and that's that's the way he is. Um, but on the flip side of that is if he's a coach and he's he's there because of his coaching abilities, then you expect him to be able to change the game in different ways, and that would be by making the right tactical tweaks during the game or at half time or as as the game's progressing or bringing the right player on at the right time and, and you know yeah you know, as 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 Colin said I don't I'm, you know that's not a rant against him necessarily I just think you know we're, we're at an early stage and we're all pretty pissed off about how it turned out yesterday so it's it's inevitable we're, we're picking holes in things but you know I think I think that is the kind of a coach he is and he has to demonstrate that you know he has to be able to show that he can be sort of dynamic as a coach during the game because you know that's that's what he's there for. Yeah, I, I definitely still have concerns around his kind of in-game influence, to be honest. Um, but as a kind of final point on the game um, itself, Colin, I'll come at you first. One of the things that really kind of worked me after the game was the post-match interviews. And I know people will say what they're supposed to say, what do you expect them to say. But, you know, Bill talked about that this tempers the expectations and it's a dose of reality. And Tav talked about the usual kind of Learning, learning lessons from this, and we go again, and it just sort of felt like more of the same. And particularly, you know, Michael Beale's comments around tempering expectations and doses of realism, and I just felt a bit like, you know, we're Rangers, we should be expecting to be come on. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be, you know, have any temporary expectations at this stage. I don't know what you no, thought about his comments. I will, and and and. I never, I never heard the, the, you know, the, the tempering or expectation comments. And if that is the case, that's not what I want to hear from a Rangers manager at all. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, I know we've we've had a sort of turbulent period in our history, and that's that's impacted on our ability to compete. To compete, but well, I wouldn't say we're completely over that. But we're in a far stronger position now than we have been. This Rangers team won a title two seasons ago without losing a game, it's won a Scottish Cup, you know, a year ago. We've reached a European final years ago. If you're coming out and saying we need to temper expectations and, you know, we shouldn't be turning up at Kilmarnock on the first day of the season and beating them, then he's he's in the wrong job. And and again, I say that with, you know, what I've been saying earlier on about, you know, trying to be level-headed in our criticisms, but that's not what I want to hear from a Rangers manager. A Rangers manager, in my opinion, I never heard these comments, but after that game yesterday, the first thing I want to hear from a Rangers manager is not good enough. You know what I mean? It's not good enough and we'll need to go away and reassess some of the players' contributions and, you know, he, he needs to, you know, they talk about competitions for places. Well, that's a, a place like Rangers, it should be as, you know, guilt-edged as it is. You're never really guaranteed the jersey unless you're like three or four of those players, you know, that spine of the team. Everyone else, their jersey's up for grabs, in my opinion. That's the way it should be, especially in, in, in sort of modern game when you need a big squad and all the rest of it. Uh, so, yeah, it, those comments are, are concerning if that's if that's the sort of stuff he's been coming away with because that's not what a Rangers manager should be saying after a defeat to Kilmarnock in the first game of the season. They should be saying that's not what we expect. That's that's not in line with our ambitions for this season. You know, they've got a big game on Wednesday, which... You know, by the way, I, I don't think that's going to be as easy as, as some people think. I don't think we have a great reputation against uh, Swiss teams and we don't look in the best sort of shape at the moment. So I think I think this tie could be an awkward tie. 
that's the sort of stuff that Beal should be coming out with. You know what I mean? We've got a big game coming on Wednesday. These players need to, to reach a certain standard. And if they don't reach that standard, well, I've got a big squad and someone else will come in and wear the jersey. That's how life should be at Rangers. Uh, Rangers players should not be hearing their manager after a defeat like yesterday saying, well, you know, your expectations are too high. That's just, that is just absolute nonsense. So, I mean, I never heard these comments, so, you know, I'll, I'll I'll go on your word on that. But if that is what he said in that interview, then it's it's, it's a bit worrying. I didn't hear the comments either, but the, what I read was more of a case of him saying there was a lot of excitement in the summer with the new signings and uh, and this is showing that perhaps everyone needs to sort of come down a wee bit or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he was coming out and saying you know, we're not expecting to beat Kilmarnock. Uh, I don't think that was at all what he was saying. Um, I think he was just trying to sort of maybe, on the one hand, sort of say. I think I think he was partly it was a message to the players. It was a message to them to say, you know, it's, it's not going to be as easy as you might think it is, or or, or something along those lines. And the supporters to say, you know, these, you know. I, I, I don't really know. I, I, there's no point in trying to explain it. <laughs> I didn't hear the, the comments either, so I don't know why I'm trying to defend it. But I, I felt I don't think it was quite as as, as clear cut as I'm saying. You know, well, you know, it's, it was only it was Kilmarnock's a tough game. You know, and, and and you know we can't expect to win all these games. I don't think it was anywhere near that he was saying. But I think you know, I mean, I, I, the, the ultimate bottom line is. Doesn't really matter what he says. I don't think in, in these post-match interviews because it's more important what he says to the players and and, and behind closed doors. So we have to hope that he's uh, he gets that right. Um, uh, and hopefully we'll see him Wednesday whether that is the case. Yeah, that's a nice uh, segue there. You know, um, we also got a massive game on Wednesday night. Um, first leg of the Champions League qualifier. It goes without saying we need a much improved performance and result. Um, and it'll be for me. It'll be interesting to see how the Ibrox crowd, crowd react after yesterday. You know, normally they are part of European nights, um, but it could be an interesting atmosphere if the team don't perform. And, yeah, I, just, I think if the team don't perform, then you know it could get sticky. And I think I don't think there should be any concern about the fans before the game. Uh, I think we're going to get you know as as ever. Uh, Fully up for the game, um, despite the result of the weekend, and uh, and you know if it doesn't work out the way we're hoping it will, then that's a different matter altogether. But um, but yeah, I think I think the fans will certainly be up for it. I don't think there will be any concern on that front at all. Um, it's whether the players are up for it or not is more more of a concern, really. And we'll just have to see how it goes. I, I do share my concerns. I've seen a lot of tricky uh, games over the years, Rangers in early stages of Europe. And we've struggled uh, in games that we could theoretically be expected to win. But, you know, uh, we've, we've proved in the past that we can get through these games. So uh, let's hope that that is still, uh, that's still the case. We'll see in terms of the crowd thing. That, that, that's, one of, that's one of the most frustrating things about yesterday's result. You know that we're now focusing how the Rangers support are going to react on Wednesday if if the game's a bit sticky, because like when I was heading into Glasgow yesterday, when I was on the train, I was listening to Five Live and and Mark Chapman was interviewing. They had some Celtic fan on, you know, because obviously their game was at the early kickoff, and he was talking about you know how how are the Celtic support reacting to Brendan Rodgers and the guy who was 
fairly, you know, honest and saying, you know, the support's divided. And and that's something I've been saying all summer, you know, they are, I mean, this time last season, every single one of the, those supporters were behind Postacoglu. They were, you know, the whole club was sort of going in the same direction. Every single person at Celtic bought into what that guy was trying to do, right? That's not the case this time, you know, a lot of supporters don't like Brendan Rodgers for, for what he done in terms of leaving and all the rest of it. They were singing about him, hoping that he dies and all the rest of it. You know, the, the the Green Brigade are putting up banners protesting. So they are divided. So I was, I've, I've been making the argument to, to a couple of mates through the summer saying, we've got to start well. I says, if we start well and we beat them in the, old first, the, the first old firm game of the season, then it starts at their end. You know, the sniping starts, the stuff that we've seen when, you know, things were capitulating during the 10 and they were chucking barriers and all that outside. I don't think they're that far away from that at the moment because not every single person is behind Brendan Rogers. And even although the guy on the phone yesterday uh, on Five Live was saying, oh, I'm on the Brendan bus, he didn't sound that convinced, you know what I mean? He obviously has reservations himself. He's not happy that this guy's back at, back at Celtic. So all season, I was like, we've got to start well. Start well and put the pressure on him because if he gets one bad result early on, the pressure will build on him. And now after one game, it's on us. You know, that whole thing's been spun about and all the pressure's on us and we're asking questions about, well, what will happen on Wednesday if Rangers suddenly, you know, one nothing up after half an hour and the crowd starts to get a bit twitchy. And you just think we had, going into the game, or going into the season, I thought that was an advantage we had. Something that we didn't have last season. That They are so divided and on the brink of, you know, if they get two defeats in the, the, the sort of first half of the season, they'll all be protesting outside Parkhead, chucking sharps and barriers and all the rest of it. And that result yesterday has galvanised them and, and has put the fear into us. And that's what's so frustrating about it, I think. You know, the fact that you're asking the question, how is the Rangers support going to react on Wednesday, tells you how damaging a result that was yesterday. Because I think going into the season, at the start of the day yesterday, I think, a lot of the focus was on, well, how is the Celtic support going to react? If Celtic don't start the season well, how is their support going to react? Because they're not all behind this guy. And now that's all forgotten about. Now the focus is on us because we're, we're questioning Bill. So that's another reason why I think yesterday was a damaging result because it just, I thought we had a little bit of an advantage there, something to go on and, and it's gone. Yeah, for me that was one of the, the biggest disappointments. As you say, it puts all the pressure back on us. We made a real chance. If we, for me, it was all about starting the season, just winning, no matter what, up until the old form game, and then we had a real chance to, to put the pressure on, and we were kind of blown it, you know, game one. That was the kind of biggest disappointment for me. They've, they've, they've now got the chance. If things stays the same, as it? They've now got the chance to come to Ibrox and take a six-point lead after what four or five games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that the, the pressure's on us already. Yeah. You spoke about Wednesday night earlier on and you kind of said that, you know, this is no gimme by any means. They're a good team um, and we'll need to be kind of right up for it. Um, what changes would you would be making to the team? Uh, well, I wouldn't be starting Lundstrom. That's for a start. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's in, in terms of, you know, the team selection, it, it's a bit difficult to, to, to decide because I've not seen enough of these players to really, you know, uh, come to any sort of opinion in terms of what their, you know, what their ability is and all that kind of thing. I mean, in, th- in terms of the defence, you know, I would imagine it would be the same, to be honest with you. Uh, if, if 
you know, if Yilmaz is still struggling with injury, I believe he's injured at the moment, uh, you'd imagine it'd be Borna at, at left back and Suter, Golson and Tav. In terms of the midfield, I would I certainly wouldn't be playing Lundstrom. I would, I would maybe be looking at bringing Ryan Jack back into proceedings and Todd Cantwell. In terms of up front, I would maybe bring the Brazilian and Danilo because I, I don't think we, we saw a great amount of him yesterday when he came on, but I certainly saw enough of Dessers to make me think that he's got a bit to go. Uh, so those are maybe the the two or three obvious changes I would make, but I, I don't know enough about the new players yet to, to really make a, a sort of confident sort of assessment on who should be starting. Me and you in agreement, or is there any other changes you'd like to see? No, I think it's probably, that's probably a fair assessment really I think I think Bessers will drop out and Danilo will come in uh, other than that I think uh, yeah I mean is it probably the new lad uh, from the States is probably a bit too early I don't think he'll be given a chance yet um, so yeah we'll probably be looking at Jack as an alternative to Lundstrom but I, I think that Beal likes Blindstrom, so I think I think you will go with him probably, um, which again worries me. Having said that, I mean we're, we're all having uh, putting the boot into Lundstrom this time last was it last season the season before I can't even remember now. Uh, aye, the season before and he came good, but you know he's, he he quickly reverted back to type. So uh, so maybe we'll we'll get a nice little burst of uh, form from him in the uh-huh. next uh, few weeks. Other than that, that timing, I would say from the the Dortmund game that season onwards to the to the final in Seville, that's really the only time I think the guy's produced. To be, to be fair, he produced at a really high level. You know, Absolutely, he, really, yeah, exactly. he really was performing. Really but it shows well. he's capable, then, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's what I mean. He's, well, that, there's that's no what there's, debating about it, isn't it? So it, there's, there's no in between, though. He's either best in you know the best in the world, as we were singing about him, or he's he's utter bug me and. It's it's been a dog meat for far too long. I mean, as I said, I didn't watch a huge amount of the uh, the, the preseason friendlies, but I did see a bit, a bit of footage doing the rounds on Twitter of Lundstrom in one of the games when he, he had the ball on his own box, gave it away. Right, I, 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 I just a terrible ball. Someone comes in, recovers it, recovers the situation, gives it back to him, and he just gives it away. <laughs> just like gives it away again at the edge of the box, and you're just. I just think that's in his game now, and I, I genuinely don't understand how he how he gets so much game time because, again, if we're talking about standards, someone like him should be getting told, "Well, you're, you're not hitting those standards." So the jersey's coming off you at the moment. Someone else is getting a chance, and you need to work really hard in training to prove that that you're good enough to get a game in this team because he's not performed at a really decent level for far too long now, in my opinion. I, th- I think rightly or wrongly that he's seen as being a a leader on the pitch and or, or a, a senior player who uh, the other players should be able to feed off. No matter, it's not so much his his ability necessarily. It's it's, it's what he brings to the team. Now, I don't personally see that, but I, I, no. I can only assume that that is what is being seen by uh, the, the coaches because. You know, you you know, based on performance, he just wouldn't he wouldn't still have been starting every game last season as, as he was. So, but there, there must be more to it than that. And 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 to be fair, you know, we are we do like players of that 
you know that that class of, of yeah. who, who you know in fact is probably one of them that, that you could actually see if somebody who'd been there and done that and is a sort of a potential inspiration on the pitch to the other players but uh, but yeah yeah i mean it, 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 it worries me if he's going to be the regular this season i have to say his name came up yesterday again when i was like with my mate and my, my son watching the game and Somebody said, "Why did they keep him? He, he should have been moved on." And only the only sort of response I could come up with is the one thing he does give you. He gives you another option at centre back. You know, he has got a little bit of versatility about him. So you know, you can make a change in midfield, take a centre half off, and, and let him to drop back. But but other than that, I, based on his performances, I, I just I just don't see why the guy is getting game time at all. It's he's he's nowhere near. Uh, the level required to play for Rangers, these, these these performances, and nowhere near the level that he showed that he's capable of producing in the past. And so, in, in, in my world, if a player isn't producing, they come at the team. So, but how he's still playing week in, week out is, is a bit of a, a puzzler to me, I have to be honest. There's definitely changes required for Wednesday night. Um, right, I think we'll call it time for the time there for now. Um, all that's left for me to do is to thank my guests. Colin, thanks for joining us. No bother. Ian, thanks for giving up your Sunday evening to pour over that horror show. <laughs> I would say it was a pleasure, but I'd be lying, but there you go. <laughs> as well as being live tonight, guys, the show will also be available on all podcasting platforms um, tomorrow morning, so you'll be able to get us on the iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and we would ask that you leave us a waiting on the preferred podcasting app. Um, they'll probably be back through the week for a full preview of our first leg of our Champions League qualifier. Until next time, bye for now.